0: Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Leaders Alliance podcast. And I'm super excited about our guest today. He's a young man who is uh, doing some amazing entrepreneurial work. And uh, I'll introduce uh, Michael Cooper in just a couple minutes. But before I do, if you're just joining us, we are... Leaders Alliance, and we are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders from different branches. We have church leaders, and we have marketplace leaders, and we have prophetic leaders, and we have leaders who minister in the family and see, you know, the parents empowered to raise their children and, and, uh, you know, healing and bringing uh, restoration within families. And we have people that are focused on outreach and missions and church planting. We really cover a wide spectrum because we believe in unity. D. And the power of unity is ultimately manifested in synergy. When we're able to collaborate together and build together, we actually can produce something that's much greater than the sum of the parts. And that's the technical definition of what synergy is all about. And uh, you know, we love what God's doing in marketplace ministry. We love what God's doing in church ministry. But one of our biggest challenges is that they're often separated from one another. The marketplace people step away from the church to do their thing, and the church people are so focused on buildings and budgets and all that they're doing that they don't often think about life outside the church we want to bring those things together we want to see god's purposes come and we we want to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven and so our goal is to empower every one of you as listeners live and as listeners in the archive to be able to be equipped so that you can be a blessing to your community and bring God's kingdom in powerful ways. And so today, I have a special guest, Michael Cooper. Could you come on and join us? Um, he is an entrepreneur, and this is what attracted me to him. We we actually had a conversation around his his company, his services, and he reached out to me and we began to discuss. And some of the things he's doing for churches are outstanding. And I want to also give an opportunity for all of you who are pastors to connect with Michael, because what he's doing is amazing. But as we begin, Michael, why don't you just share a little bit of your history, your story, and uh, you know, take a good amount of time and just share with us who you are, how did you get to where you are, what was your journey like, and what's your vision now for Empowering churches to reach their constituents for Christ. So, yes. Hi, Michael. First of all, thank you for having me.
1: Um, and, you know, excited to just be able to share a little bit. So, yeah, <clears throat> just a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Michael Cooper II. I'm born and raised a- in uh, Midwest, Ohio. Um, grew up in a Christian home. My father is actually a pastor um, and, and is currently my senior pastor, and I serve there as youth pastor. And so really was blessed with that upbringing um, and able to see what a godly life looked like uh, on the inside and um, all those kind of things. So um, my my journey kind of took me to a small small college in my hometown where I I graduated there. Um, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I uh, wanted to teach history, just really had a love for history and facts and those kind of things. And, and so uh, I went on and, and did that. And I actually did teach for a few years. I, I think I ended up teaching for eight years. I taught high school social studies. Wow. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it really was. I enjoyed it. There were different parts that were great about it. There were things that were not so great, just like with anything. Um, but I really felt God had me there for that season. And, and I, I know there were some uh, things that I learned, and there were some lives I was able to impact, even in a public school setting. Just mm-hmm. showing people what godliness and uh, uh, trying to live for God—not perfect, but striving to live for God—look like. Um, and I was able to make a lot of uh, and have a lot of relationships there um, with students and coworkers alike. So uh, that was a fun part of of, of my my journey. Um, and then God tried to—he he kind of turned the 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 page on me. And, you know, whenever God is doing that, um, how many of you have ever been in that situation where God just turns the ship and you're like, wait a second, I thought we were going this way. And now all of a sudden he's like, no, we're going this way. Right. Yeah. And it can be scary. Um, and so uh, I felt God calling me away from that. And uh, this all the while I was very active within my church, helping my father there and um, doing things in, in my role as the youth leader there. Um, but I knew it was time to do something different in my career, and, and so I actually—it's—it's um, it's kind of kind of random. Uh, a lot of people are like, "How did you make this transition?" But it—it uh, it really started. I wanted to just find a summer job, um, something to do. You know, as teachers, we we have all that downtime in the summer, and so I said, "Well, let me find something to do." Um, I was newly married, um, and and those kind of things, and so I said, "You know what? Uh, I like to wear suits. I like to dress up. I could go work part time at a funeral home." and just serve families there. It's a different way of serving. It's ministry. um, And it seems like a pretty easy gig. So uh, I actually went and and started working at a local funeral home there just part time. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the ability to serve in that way. It was a whole different way than anything I was used to or had ever seen, but it was 100% ministry. And so uh, I said, I want to do this full time. And, and so I left my teaching profession and I started an apprenticeship at this funeral home, which I did for, for two years, um, really thinking, you know, I want to be a funeral director. Um, and all the while, um, even with that, God had allowed me to, with my church, start doing social media. So all along the way, um, for, for the whole time I was doing funeral directing, I was also doing social media on the side for my church. Um, and, and Michael, it was really cool because as God began to bless that and, and our church began to grow and to have more following and those kind of things, other pastors started to connect with us and say, hey, you know, who does your stuff? Like you guys do a great job. I mean, you're always posting. It's always good, uplifting content, those kind of things. Who does it? And, and so my, my father, he said, hey, well, my son does it. And so from that, God had allowed those seeds to be planted for me to launch out a ministry business. And I never had thought of that before. Again, I was thinking I'll just be a funeral director and help that way. Um, and from that, just from that initial talk and, and conversation with the Lord, he allowed us to blossom and to reach out to a few pastors. And to, we had a couple of clients. We started out with five clients off the bat. Um, and, and God was able to just allow us to keep growing that to the point where I, I had to stop funeral directing to really run God. this, and um, you know, help churches all across the country to be more visible um, so that people can know who they are and to know that there's a message of hope. Um, If there's so many things on the Internet, which there are that are destructive and those kind of things, why can't we saturate the Internet as much as possible with messages of hope? And uh, I take a lot of pride in in
0: doing that and uh, very just humbled that God is uh, using me in that way. That's so great. And so you're now able to be full time in this new media company, right? Doing the social yes, media stuff. Wow. Yes, that's an amazing transition. And uh, I didn't really remember the uh, funeral home <laughs> little yes. hiatus. That's, that's pretty phenomenal. And yes, so sir. so tell us about like, um, you know, what you specialize in and how you serve churches specifically. Like, and, and the name first start with the name of the company and a little bit of the sort of where did that name come from? Like what, what you do, doing and then how you actually do the service. Yeah, yeah. So when we started, we were, you know, my wife and I were
1: brainstorming, you know, what can I call this? Can I call it a variation of my name, like MC Productions or Media? And none of that really felt right. Um, And one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is the story of the talents. Um, the, yes. the, the different servants who were given the different varying amounts of talents and what they did with that. And that's always just fascinated me. And so the concept of of the ministry business that God was allowing me to start was helping some church. Right. Or churches who uh, wanted us to work with them, helping them take what they have and go out and multiply, it go out and produce more of what they were given. Um, If they were blessed with, you know, whatever their circumstances were, whatever size their church was, whatever their resources were, let's go out and use that to go get more. And so from Mm. that, uh, we came up with the name Five Talents um, with the number five, Five Talents Media and Design. um, And it it 100 percent points to the story. So when people ask and they say, well, what does that mean? Uh, Usually pastors, if they say, hey, you know, where'd that name come from? I said, it's exactly from where you think it came from. Exactly. exactly. from the story." um there's no you know we don't want to be confusing about that at all so that's what we do um and and to, to the way we do it uh michael is we actually we produce content for them and we're a lot different than most of the other companies that we found that that do work with churches simply because we we are a complete full service um in mm-hmm. our in what going for churches. And what I mean is we're going to create content and we're going to actually um, take their sermons, the pastors that are with us and take their sermons and reproduce those in a number of different ways so that they can get their message out. Um, because we believe if God's called someone to pastor or to preach that they have a unique message um, and a unique audience, whether that audience is in their building or spread out across the globe, that audience will hear them uh, when they're supposed to. And so we just want to take that, magnify them um, so that ultimately we're
0: magnifying and growing the kingdom. Wow, so you saw, like sample pieces of their of their uh, messages and then represent them somehow correct yes sir we wow. take
1: them what we found is that the sermon clips uh, are a lot more attractive to people um, live stream the whole service sometimes is just a lot to ask someone to to sit and watch without any kind of buy-in and so sure. we're kind of creating that buy-in by those sermon clips uh, and we're blasting those out to all the social media platforms um, that that church has
0: and so you guys actually just uh, listen through the message and just uh, select what you think may be the three or four you know most sort of powerful one-liners or like what, what kind of time block are you working with?
1: Yeah. So we actually do 30 seconds. Um, We found that to be the sweet spot and we've tried 60. We've tried, you know, a a little longer. What we found is that most people's attention spans are good for about 30 seconds when it's (laughs)
0: something they, they weren't looking for. Yeah. Thank you, social media, for that. You know, yeah, yeah, no, you no know the reels me. have just trained us to be like 30 seconds or, or less. They have. They have. Oh.
1: And I kind of I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. I don't know if the reels work <laughs> because that's our, our our attention span or, or what. Right. Uh, but I, I do know that they they are I mean, they they go really well for our churches and uh, they wow. get a lot of eyes on their ministry from that.
0: That's so cool. And so and and so do you accompany that with music or do you do you have headline uh, like sort of, uh, you know, uh, statements that you're making like sort of on on just, you know, verbally or how, how do you present it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we actually take the clip and and the video is as is um, our team goes in and adds different effects at times. It just kind of depends on the the backdrop. A lot of things go into what our designers are looking for. And, Absolutely. you know, they don't want to do too much if there's already a really nice stage and lights and those kind of things. They're not going to mess with anything like that, but they do have the ability to go in and add effects. Um, we always add the captions um, because a lot of times people are just right. scrolling and That's they maybe right. can't have the audio on, but As long as they can caption, they're getting the message. Um, We do put music on there Mm -hmm. and we're really big into branding, too, for our ministry. So we put their logo on there as well because we want people to know where did this good
0: seed come from. Right. Now you guys do design. So do you actually do logo work or do you mostly just work with what a, a church already has?
1: We, we mostly work with what they have. If a church doesn't have a logo, which is is rare, but it does happen, yeah. or they want to rebrand and, and go yeah. with a different logo as we're stepping in to launch them into this new social media uh, space, yeah. we, we do have ways that we'll do the logo for them. That's um, so but cool. that's not really our, our, our main thing.
0: Now, let me ask you this, though, because this is kind of the opposite question, which is like, what's some of the biggest mistakes you see churches making? When they're yeah. trying to present their stuff, because you probably when you're mm-hmm. contracting with the church, you're, you're going to review some of their previous social media stuff and kind of get a sense yeah. of how they perceive themselves and present themselves. Mm-hmm. What are some of the mistakes you've seen? And, and uh, you know, how would you counsel a church that's like saying, hey, we want to be, you know, the most impactful we can be. We want to utilize this medium as effectively as we can. What, what, what advice do you have for some of these pastors and what mistakes have you seen? Yeah, great
1: question. So the number one mistake that I would say probably 90 to 95% of churches do, and they mean well, but what they do is they use social media simply for advertising. That's it. Um, and, and and they only use it now for a, for a business or a store, um, a shoe company, right? Those kind of things. That's pretty much all that they're going to use it for. But churches are different, or at least should be different. If we're constantly just posting content that says, hey, come to our service, come to our church, come to our church uh, or one of the other. On the other hand, uh, give a donation, give a donation. If it's constantly just right. about come, come, come or give, give, give. What happens is people become numb to your message. And so just as branding mm-hmm. works in a positive way for your company, <clears throat> your church, you have the negative effect, too. And people start to see your logo on their timeline and they scroll past because they know it's just going to be an invitation to Sunday or to whatever your main mm-hmm. service day is, or it's just going to be asking for a fundraiser or a donation. And, and if you wow. look at the majority of churches and you scroll through it, you'll just see pictures of what they're doing and invitations to come. And those things have a place. Absolutely. You must utilize those, but, what we've learned is that value-based content, and that's actually something that we, we are heavy on, value-based content. If we can provide value to your audience on social media, number one, it's going to grow um, because people are going to share it. They're going to say, wow, Amen. I want my kids to see this. Uh, I want my, my mom to see this. They're going to share it. So your your page is going to organically grow. But not just that. You are planting seeds, inspirational wow encouragement, um, challenging things to challenge people in their faith and where they are in their lives. in a, of course, in a, a, a respectful and, and non-intrusive kind of way, non-offensive kind of way, but just presenting the word to them and giving them different opportunities to see where am I in my walk? Do I need to change things? What do I want to do? And we provide value like that for people. That's when they say, I need to go visit this church. That's when they say, I need to go back and watch the pastor of this church in their live stream, or or I need to go give a donation to this church because I was blessed so much by that word that they just gave us. So that's the biggest mistake that I see churches make.
0: Wow. And that's so true. And actually, you know, because, you know, we're running several ministries here. We got, you know, Destiny Finder. We've got uh, Pastors Coach and Leaders Alliance. And, uh, and we've actually realized that same thing. You know, uh, actually, one of our you know, uh, team members, Jordan, who actually runs this podcast, well, just took a bunch of courses in, in media and, and in, in marketing and, and realized, you know, hey, wait a minute, there's a different approach. To just, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. come, come, come or give, give, give. And, right. and so I think you're hitting on something that's really important. And I really want all of you listeners right now to tune in because this is this is very important. I think providing value for people is a much more um, authentic and effective sales dynamic. Obviously, we all want our churches to grow. obviously, we want our message to get out. obviously, we want you know if we have a book or we have a conference coming up and we want to promote that, we definitely want those things to be to be to be uh, promoted. but how do we do it in a way that doesn't turn people off? Yeah, actually turns yeah. them on and gets them yeah. going and yeah. so you know, talk a little bit more about that, like you know what mm-hmm. do you see as as people are presenting value? yeah, so I look at it like this. If you're presenting value to
1: people, you're going to get the growth. They're mm-hmm. tied together. If you present the value, you'll get the growth. If you just go straight for the growth, you're going to you're going to miss out on the growth, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, you may get it in spurs, but you won't get it the way that, that you could. Um, and also you're missing a huge opportunity to actually pour into someone's life. At the end of the day, social media for us, and we tell all of our pastors this, we're not a company you're hiring. Right. And it, technically, we are. But we we are coming on as an extension of your outreach ministry. And that's Absolutely. how we view ourselves. Social media. Yes, there's an advertising component. Yes, we do that occasionally for your church. Uh, but but for the most part, people know when your services are. If they follow your page, they know you most likely have a service on Sunday. They know you most likely have a midweek service. They know that they don't need to see that every day um, or even every week, to be honest. Right. But Providing that value to them is what's going to move the needle for your ministry. And it's also going to move the needle as far as what you're able to bring to the kingdom. And so what we have found is that when we switched to really focusing on that model, and it only took us, I would probably say the first few months of doing this, we realized quickly people aren't that interested in, in what your church has going on until they feel like your church has something to offer them. That's right. when thats when they'll tune in. That's when wow, they will want to
0: so be good. There. That's so good. And what kind of platforms do you guys specialize in? So you're probably on Instagram, Facebook. Do you ever use TikTok? Do you, are, there, are you on some of these other sort of less, you know, sort of mainstream?
1: Yeah. So we, we focus on Facebook, um, Instagram, and we're doing TikTok now as well. Um, so okay. the only major one that we're really not on yet and we're having conversations about how to best do it, um, especially with the release of the shorts, is, is YouTube. Uh, okay. That's one that we stayed away from for a while. It's not technically social media um, from mm. what I've kind of gathered, um, yeah. but it's a platform that we could reach a lot of
0: people. So um, that's one that we're working on. Yeah, no, that's that sounds good. Well, you know, moving off of just your specific business, how do people contact you? And then we're going to move into a different uh, line of questions. So I want to really explore your, uh, identity as an entrepreneur and as a, as a business developer, but, but let's go back, you know, uh, how can they reach you? And, uh, you know, how do you have like online, a a menu of your services and so forth? How, what's the best way to, uh, kind of tune into what you guys are doing?
1: Yeah. So the best way, what we've actually found that works for us and what we prefer, um, is we don't actually try to sell people on our website. Um, we, okay. we, of course, we have one, um, and that's five. The number five talents, T A L E N T S M D. So stands for media and design. So five talents M D we have a website. Um, what we offer is there for the most part. Um, but what we do is we like to get on the phone with our pastors. There's a couple reasons we do that. One, as I mentioned, we, we don't want to become just a company that gets hired. We want to become partners in ministry. And so to do that effectively, we want to get to know your ministry. We want to get to know who you are. We typically like to talk to the senior pastor or lead pastor if possible. It's not always possible, but someone who can really give us what's the vision of the church. What does the church? want to do? Where do you want to go? um, Those kind of things. And so we can really take on that identity because again, if we're going to be a full service company for you, where we literally do 100% of your social media and you guys can join in and chime in, chip in if you want, or you don't have to, we need to really know who you are. And so the best way to get in touch with us, if you're interested in, and even just exploring a little bit of our services, go to the website. Um, You'll see at the very top, it'll say, do you want us to run your social media for you? Quite simply, and you click the button, answer a few questions, and then we'll reach out and set up a time to just do a brief, what we call, discovery call um, to see if we would be a good
0: fit and you guys would be a good fit for us. Excellent. So that's good. Now, one of the things that impressed me the most when we had our first conversation was just uh, the journey you're on in entrepreneuring in the kingdom. And, you know, obviously, You know, I believe that pioneering is something in the heart of God that God actually raises up. And I believe it's part of the apostolic gifting to raise up somebody who can actually get a vision and then begin to implement a vision to produce an outcome. And you've done that now you've got a, You've got a company that's thriving. You've been able to cut loose from other sources of income to focus increasingly on what you're building in this business. And, you know, I've been a I, I've been a business pioneer. I've been a, a, a church planter. And, uh, you know, so and there's very clear similarities between that, you know, church planting and pioneering a business. And in some cases, you have the same failure rate, too. Um, so tell us kind of what was it like for you to begin to I mean, you waded into the water. You didn't just jump in the deep end. You know, you you were building for a while before you finally cut the cut the ties and began to go full time in this in this business. Talk mm-hmm. about that journey. What was it like for you um, just internally with your with your wife you know, as you were uh, you know exploring that? Because that's also, you know. It can be scary so yeah. talk to us about uh business pioneering in in the way you did
1: it yeah yeah so uh you, bringing up my wife i mean she actually is the one who pushed me into it um she wow. said you have a skill set god has given you the ability to do graphics to do designs those kind of things and the longer you sit on that you're kind of slapping god in the face and i'm like wow. wow okay um you know and she <laughs> said he gave you those gifts to be able to help others Um, And and that goes for any skill set that you're blessed with. God gave it to you to help others, but especially if it comes to helping get the gospel out there, like you absolutely should do that. And so she kind of pushed me into it and I was hesitant. I'm like, you know, I kind of feel weird about charging for it. And she said, okay, well, just do it for free and spend all your time doing it for free. And I'm like, well, I guess that doesn't make (laughs) sense either. That's not realistic. You know, it sounds great, but it's not realistic. And so I had to get over that hump of, It's okay to actually charge. And she said, yeah, people want to pay you for that service. And so once I really started to believe that and and it took some time, um, then I kind of got over that and uh, I was able to to go to pastors boldly and say, hey, this is what we do. This is how we can help your ministry. Um, And I was so shocked at how easily they were willing to hand me over money to do that. So that was one of my biggest hurdles early on. I know it's a a hurdle for a lot of Christians who, you know, they Mm -hmm. want to do well, but we just have this weird concept of money and payment. Um, Even though scripture says that the laborer is worthy of his hire, um, those are kind of things that are kind of lost in a lot of church circles. And so that was tough. Um, But getting over that, um, really stepping out and saying, okay, God, um, and, and, I'm here to do this. I'm here to help mm-hmm. as many churches as I can to get yeah. their message out, um, and we'll see where you take it. And so he just started to that it was it became undeniable that okay this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Uh, and so that was that was really if I had to pick one thing that was my biggest learning thing, it was it's okay to be a blessing to people and for them to bless you in that process.
0: Wow. No, that's such a powerful thing because, again, what I hear from you and what attracted me to you as somebody I wanted to have on this podcast is the fact that you are clearly um, a servant of the Lord. You're clearly doing this in a kingdom world. And I know that there's budgets and I know that there's you know, employees and all that stuff that you're having to deal with is maybe seemingly less kingdom oriented. But, you, mm-hmm. but I, I heard a, key, a, a, a clear why in your heart. This is all yeah. about Jesus. It's all about his kingdom. It's all about the gospel. It's all about his purposes. And mm-hmm. and and that having what you just said about that counteracting that insecurity to charge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I hear that, you know, because again, you know, as a pastor, you you kind of feel that same thing. Like, hey, I should be able to give it for free or even Leaders Alliance. You know, we're a membership uh, group. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I still get apologetic about saying, hey, you know. Uh, Or, you know, we're releasing, we have actually a a, a leadership course, an e-course that we developed that's called uh, Kingdom Leadership Foundations. And then Mm -hmm. we just are releasing another one, Advanced Kingdom Leadership. And, uh, you know, and it's like, I'd rather give it away. But a is worthy of his hire that, you know, to produce this, we had to put a lot of money in. I mean, yeah. you know, if I look at pastor's coach and destiny finder, I think I personally invested a hundred thousand dollars in building those two different services. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's like, I want to give it away, but you know, yeah. I kind of can't afford to in a sense. right, <laughs> right, yeah. right. So, you know, I'm so glad to hear you address that because that is a key issue. I think that stops a lot of kingdom entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's just that insecurity, like, "Wow, am I worth it?" And yeah. I feel like, "Amen, you're worth it," you know. And yeah. um, so, but let's let's move on a little bit. So then, how did you how did you discover your sort of target market? Like, uh, you know, because you you had to begin, like, obviously, big churches are going to hire staff that'll do what you're doing. Sure, you know, they'll have the they'll have the bucks to do it, and they'll have a control room and a and a you know a whole a whole media team. But it, yeah. so, where did you find yourself? What's your sweet spot in terms of the, the size church that you're working with, and where do you find the most va- value there?
1: Sure. So, we're kind of all over the place. We have churches we work with that we literally built their Facebook page for them. Wow. Wow. We have churches who have, you know, when we came on with them, they had 10 members or less, but they they believed in the necessity of of getting their message out and being visible. Um, so we have that all the way up to churches that have staff, full time staff who could do this, but they actually hire us because they want to use that staff in other ways. Oh, that's a good uh, point. Having the, the control room and having the on staff people there to make sure your live stream and your experience in house is good is one thing but you don't necessarily have to utilize those people or hire people right. who are going to do the day-to-day work on your social media throughout the week. Um, and so what we found and how we target to, when we get a bigger church who comes to us, what we're finding is they're coming to us not because they don't have it, but because they want to use, utilize us to do those, those more boring things, right? Creating right. graphics, creating the sermon clip. Those sure. are kind of things that, um, you know, I don't want to say low level, uh, right. but things that if you're paying a staff, There's so many other things in the building and in house, actual um, what I like to call your touch points that you could use your in-house staff much more effectively on those touch points, whether it's outreach in the community, something at the church you're hosting, and not tie them down 40, 50 hours
0: a week running social media, and so they'll hire. No, that's a super good point, and and that's one step in the whole entrepreneurial process. If you are thinking of doing some entrepreneuring as a listener. You know, you've got to be able to sort of find your niche, but then you've also got to be able to expand that. I, I would have thought, you know, right away that you would have just given up on the larger churches. But actually, that's a great point in terms of opening, carving out a, a market in something that wouldn't immediately, th- you wouldn't immediately think of as a market, right. you know, is yeah. is that, that group that would rather redirect their their staff away from something that would be more I don't know, uh, you can outsource something sure. that actually, you know, would tie up your team. Yeah, you yeah, absolutely. Too. So that's, that's a really good point. Now, so tell me, like, let's say two or three things that you've learned and maybe even learned the hard way um, being an entrepreneur, you know, as you've, as you've kind of stepped into this and gone deeper and deeper. And you've, you, you told me last time you were adding some staff. And, you know, so it's like, I mean, there's a bunch of dimensions there. What have you learned that you could pass on to other people that are kind of thinking or or already in the midst of entrepreneuring somehow?
1: Yeah. So I would say uh, probably the biggest thing, um, and I struggled with this and still to to some degree struggle with it now, um, is trusting a team. And so mm. I guess, first of all, before you can even trust a team um, is getting a team. Um, yeah. I did so much by myself. Um, I, I was going to work as a funeral director, um, coming home at six o'clock and creating graphics until midnight, one o'clock with a wife. And at that time, two kids, two, two babies. And so not really spending time with my family and the things I should have been doing because I was afraid to hire. I was afraid to get some help. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, I, and I learned that the hard way. A lot of lot of uh, one, two hour nights of rest, a um, lot of mistakes because you can't even really be efficient when you're trying to create graphics and, uh, you know, create good messages to send out to people because it's ministry. It's not about just creating graphics. It's about what message is God giving me to create for this church in this moment for this day. Right. So there's a yeah. lot to it um, if, if you're going to do it right and do it well. And so I just wasn't efficient doing it that way. And uh, again, my wife said, you need to get some help. And so uh, and in this way, she was just talking about some help with with graphics. Um, And so Um, I I was able to do that. Um, And then the next phase of that, that's one part of it. Uh, But don't hire people and then still do all the work um, or or do most of the work. And uh, they're sitting there kind of like, "Okay, well, why am I here if you're just going to tell me every little thing to do? So hiring people that you trust and then actually trusting them. It's going to make wow. your life easier and it's actually make your company uh, or your ministry business, whatever it is, a lot more efficient. And that's kind of just a leadership tip, you know, no matter where you are. Yes,
0: No, that's so good is, you know, again, actually, I'm at I'm at a leadership conference right now at Jesus Culture. And uh, and um, literally like probably four or five of the breakout sessions are on how to build a team, how to work yeah. with your team, how not to micromanage and kill your team through, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Working, you know, kind of ripping it out of their hands again and again. So, what you're sharing right. is actually super powerful. And this applies to pastors, it applies to entrepreneurs, it applies to everyone that ultimately, kingdom is a team sport, you guys. And you got to right. know that, but in order to build a powerful team, like there's actually a, a book that was out by a guy named Lancioni, and it was called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Hmm. And his biggest dysfunction, was the breakdown of trust. And, and trust can be broken down in a couple different ways. If you change the rules on your team, if you uh, mm-hmm. actually um, don't trust your team, they won't trust you as a leader. You know, If you keep micromanaging wow. and overpowering your team. So some of the stuff you're bringing out, Michael, is so crucial to generating a culture of trust wherein people can thrive. Because you're never yeah. going to get the best out of your team until you really show that you value them and that you honor them. Yeah, and so that's yeah. such good stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. That so that's good. definitely the one that was my hardest one. And the other one, just real quick, that I I, I had to learn right. as well is being willing to invest. Um, mm. You know, investing is a concept that's actually biblical. Um, you know, if yes. you want to, you know, if you Five like counts. to read. Exactly. <laughs> if you like to reap bountifully, then you got to sow bountifully and those kind of things. Yes. Um, and so just really as a business owner, being willing to invest um, in training, um, yeah. to be willing to invest in um, training for your staff um, and then in investing in systems and things that are going to make your job more efficient. Those are the two things, trusting your team um, and being willing to invest in what you're doing.
0: Yeah, an investment, uh, obviously, you know, it requires some wisdom. It requires some measured carefulness. But, you know, it's interesting. I remember while you are sharing that, Michael, I I remember this story I heard one time where this guy hired this, uh, you know, marketer and and, uh, basically, you know, he trained him and then he sent him out and gave him a $100,000 budget. (laughs) And the guy just blew the budget with no return. It's like a complete loss and uh and somebody came to him and said hey are you gonna fire the guy and he says no i just spent a hundred thousand dollars on his education (laughs) (laughs) right yeah that's good yeah no i mean when you when you build the right team and obviously choosing the right person is key you know you've got to know they have the skill set you got to know they have the character and this is something that you know again most pastors make a mistake on is they'll see giftedness but they won't see character yeah Wow. And sometimes right. you'll see that even in the entrepreneurial world where the, you'll get some guy on your team or some woman on your team that's just gifted off the charts, mm-hmm. but they have an issue yeah. and they can be so disruptive. And so again, you know, choosing the right person, but then you've got to, you got to go on the ride with them, right? <laughs> right. Or you yeah. might find yourself later in a situation where you have made the investment and then they, they go somewhere else just because, mm-hmm. The yeah. culture wasn't right for their for their uh enhancement for their for their growth for their future yeah so, yeah yeah. That's so good well any final words we need to wrap up in just a moment here but i just obviously we wanted to showcase what you're doing just for the benefit of some of our pastors and and honestly entrepreneurs because i'm sure you do some stuff for businesses you know yeah. you, like where they can actually begin to so you know <clears throat> Contact information, but also drawing on you as somebody mm-hmm. who's in the trenches right now, building a building a kingdom company. Mm-hmm. This yes, thing. So, so kind of any final words, like somebody who's listening right now and saying, "Hey, you know, I feel inspired by Michael. I want to, I want to kind of go in his footsteps to build something for God's kingdom that will really bless people, but also supply for my family."
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Words, advice for those guys?
1: I, I would just say, do it now. Do it now. One of my coaches and and mentors, um, which actually is a lady, and one of the things that she says and she puts in us is do it now. Um, You know, if you call yourself a Christian and you believe that you're following um, as best you can um, God's path for you, then if he gives you an idea That's meant to to bless somebody. And it's an idea that's going to enhance the kingdom in some way. That doesn't necessarily mean it's working with churches. It just any way that you're advancing God's agenda, advancing God's agenda. If the devil didn't give you that. Right. That didn't come from the enemy. That obviously came from God. And so do it now. Do it now. Don't think about it. It Doesn't have to always make 100 percent of sense. It doesn't always have to. uh, You don't always have to have every step laid out and, you know, have already peered around every corner. Just do it. Just do it. It it reminds me of Peter. You know, Peter knew he was called out. He actually asked God to call me out. Hey, bid me to come. He had a, a hunger for whatever God wanted him to do, everything that God wanted him to do. And so when Jesus called him, he had to get out of the boat. And he could have himself out of it. He could have looked at the other uh, disciples and said, well, why aren't you guys doing this? And you are. Are they going to laugh at me if I go out there and I I don't make it? But he just had to do it. And I'm sure just like when we're about to jump off a diving board at some point, you just have to (laughs) say, "Okay, one, two, three, go. And so that's what I will challenge you to do um, in in whatever area that you feel God is leading you to um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, a leadership standpoint. Just
0: do it now. That's awesome. That's such a good exhortation. Well, can we uh, just ask you to pray for us? Yeah, just absolutely. That we would have that courage. We'd have that sense of boldness. And, uh, and then we'll end our call. So go ahead, Michael. Why don't you yeah. ask the Lord's blessing on everybody listening to this, both live and in the future. Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Father, we thank you just for this opportunity to come together, God. We thank you just for being an awesome God to us, one who's mindful of us, Lord, no matter where we are, where we find ourselves, we know that you always love us, you always care for us, Lord, and for that, we're just grateful and and we're just thankful for that. Now, Lord, I ask that every listener, God, every hearer, whether they're here now, God, whether they hear this uh, a week from now, a year from now, 10 years from now, God, Lord, we ask that you spur in them the desire to chase after everything that you have for them to do, God. Help yes. them to realize the purpose that you've put in them. And Lord, help them to know that you'll never let them fail, God. That the yes. only way they'll fail is if they give up running after you. Help them to know that. Help them to have the boldness and the confidence to do what you've placed them here to do so that your kingdom can be advanced, so that your name can be glorified. Lord, bless us now as we pursue you and each even a greater way, even just from this conversation, God, spur us to greater things in you that you might get the glory. We'll forever give you thanks for it. We'll forever give you praise in
0: Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, thank you so much. And God bless all of you who are listening. and, uh, you know, please tune in to leadersalliance.org. Go there, we have some free trainings that you can partake of. You can explore what it means to be a member of what we're building. And uh, you can also get a hold of our uh, foundations course for leadership, how you can actually, it has to do more with your internal leadership posture. Those are all available to you. And Michael, i uh, you know, I just wanna encourage everybody to, to tune into Michael's website and to kind of make that call and see if there's a way in which he can serve you and uh, his company can actually help you guys to present who you are in a way that's consistent but powerful and impactful so god bless you guys thank you michael for being on this call thank you god bless you all